Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. Good morning, Peter. How are you? Good morning, Ben. I am very well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. There's lots going on in the world of video games. It's very exciting currently. We're not going to talk about any of it because we didn't get any questions about it, and that's how this show operates. We should really just have a news section, but we don't. And so we're going to answer the questions that people have asked us (laughs) at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we do have a news section, but only where we talk about the weird stuff. Yeah, the weird, the important stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I understand we both brought some some pretty good weird news this week. Yeah, mine, some people might think I've made mine up, but it's out there. It's been written up by several people. But because I'm the person <laughs> reading it, well, you'll, you'll have to wait and see. But oh. it's a good section this week, I think. Tantalizing. Yeah. Very tantalizing. Well, this is a video game podcast, as we said, and each and every week we're sponsored by a very real sponsor. They're real and they exist in the world. Mm-hmm. Peter, I believe you've got the ad read in front of you for this week. Absolutely. So uh, I believe, um, well, I know to be for an absolute fact that mm. uh, last week when we recorded our podcast, we did it a little earlier than normal and we missed the state of play. Uh, that happened after we recorded. Um, yeah. But before it was released, and at that state of play, of course, um, there was some some Final Fantasy VII news, which is all very exciting. Mm. Um, you know, it's been like sort of uh, up, updated, upgraded for the PS5, and people are very excited about it. Uh, there's new things to play, and of course, I don't know if you spotted. Um, there's a there was a smaller the smaller segment as well in there. It was really really fleeting. If you blinked, okay. you will have missed it. Uh, they've actually established a program. Um, it's a kind of a social service program for people. If they've got guns on their hands, mm-hmm. um, it allows them, it, it, they sort of work with them and sort of help them come back into society after doing their adventures because it's quite difficult to readjust to life. Um, right, and sort if you've of got a gun arm. Immerse yourself back into normal normal life if you've got a gun arm. So um, we're being sponsored by that. It's a non-profit organization, um, so I don't know where they're getting the money from. But uh, this week, uh, you guys, if you like, can support Final Fantasy VII Integrate by oh. going to uh, charitymoney.com forward slash Final Fantasy VII Integrate. Yeah, um, that's great. What a lovely 
What a lovely, thoughtful uh, organization. Yeah, maybe it should have been called Reintegrate, but that doesn't sound like Integrate. So you know, I mean, no. what, what, I no, what? I don't. I've never heard of that other one. There are, in fact, actually, because you would have thought, well, that's a very specialized charity for just Barrett. Mm, um, yeah, there's, there's, he's got a friend as well who also has a gun arm. Right. And so there are at least two people that could be helped by. Well, I mean, I don't know if the other one. Anyway, potential Final Fantasy VII spoilers uh, from, well, from 20, 25 years ago. There's that monster from Doom, the one with the horns. He's got a gun hand, hasn't he? Yes, I actually, think. that's true. But does he live in? Does he live in Midgar? No. I, well, I think it's it's sort of branded with Final Fantasy VII, but they oh, they see. cater to anyone who has guns for hands. So that's wonderful. It's probably quite a that's few. Wonderful. Mega Man is he yes. one? Mega Man. I don't know if Mega Man's is just a suit or if it's like if the man himself is yeah has got a gun arm. Inspector arm. Gadget must have a gun hand. Go Go Gadget gun hand. I don't know actually. Maybe yeah. the, I don't know if he but ever used probably, a gun. Probably come out of his hat or something weird like yeah. that. Yeah, being know. held by a white glove. Presumably. If anything, he's he's got more limbs. Mm. Yeah, you know, he's he's. He could do whatever he wants, which is he's too dangerous to be left alive. I think Inspector Gadget, but yeah. that's a that's a tangent there. In response to your query about how a non-profit could pay for advertising, they get mm. um, they get donations, Peter. Oh, oh! I thought they uh, uh, I thought they just uh, didn't get any money at all. No, just, no, uh, you just thought they just floated around the yeah. world, existing. Yeah, yeah, and somehow like provided. Provided charity to people, but you know, Absolutely where did that no money come idea. from? Where, where did, did it I, come from? Where did, I didn't know that, given that I was saying you can donate to this charity by going to charities.org forward slash yeah. donate to this one. Final Fantasy Seven Integrate, yeah. Well, yeah. The, what a wonderful charity. Very excited to, well, I suppose we're not even supporting them because they paid us to talk about it, but I would happily do a stream in aid of this. Yeah, me too. Uh, except for the fact that we'd have nowhere to send that money if we earned any, because it's not actually real. Oh, beans! You mm. got me. I always do. I thought that was. I thought that was going to be the one. I thought Could that's it. it. It's real. Yeah, that's a real one. No, what a shame. Final Fantasy Integrate somehow with such a ridiculous name is real. Mm-hmm. The Final Fantasy Seven Integrate is it's sadly. Not not real although we do urge everyone to support charities where possible yeah um this um this podcast is in fact sponsored by our wonderful patrons as it is each and every week over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump where for as little as one dollar per month you can submit questions to the show you can do that we get questions from all sorts of people from all over the world mm-hmm. we do we usually was it four four questions one of which is a big discussion yeah so get submitting we want to hear from you. Submit if you want to hear our thoughts on the on the news, then that's how you do it. Someone did actually ask about our thoughts on uh, Sony Sony Studio Japan shutting down. Yeah, sad. Mm. Yeah, shame. But yeah. you know they haven't really done a huge amount, and from internal reports say it's kind of chaotic over there. I don't know. I wasn't sure how how in depth we could really get with it, so I did skip that one. But do ask us about other things happening in the news. We'd love to talk about it sometimes. We would, not yeah. all the time. No. Anyway, let's um, decide where we're walking today. Maybe we're walking on the news, like a stack of papers, perhaps. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that works. Let's do that. We're walking across the news. Mm-hmm. All and of it. And so with that decided, we move on to question one. 
We do this from Callum's story, as in news story. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, oh, Callum says, Have you ever played a game with the sole purpose of improving your competitive skills or ranking? I have a few hundred hours in Rocket League, but know that it would take a few thousand more to get amongst the best players who focus so hard on mastering one game whilst uh, it still has a big competitive scene. Mm. Thank you, Callum. Um... For initially, when I read this question, my answer was going to be no. I don't think I ever really have like not um, over the idea of just playing something for fun. So obviously, you play some games for fun, and just as a as a side effect of that, you you start to rank up and get better and so on. But uh, I couldn't initially think of a game that I played solely for like ranking up or you know grinding up you know, my levels or through a, a table or something. But I did then remember. This is another game I definitely played for the funsies, but uh, Orcs Must Die, the computer mm-hmm. game. I've mentioned it a couple of times before on other podcasts. I can't remember if the first game had ranking. Uh, like, it shows your Steam friends, like, how they did on the same level. Certainly the second one did. Probably the first one as well. Um, and as I say, I, I played that very much for fun. I really love bo- both of those games, in fact. Uh, however, if I got like a three star rating or a three skull rating which is the best you can get um on a level i would still sometimes go back and play it all over again so that not only could i get that three skull rating but so i could be on top of everyone else on my friends list so oh, no. uh yeah i i would get a bit competitive about that but partly because i knew i was fairly competent at it and it always—it's one of those games where it always just feels, uh, well, whatever, not whatever's the opposite of out of reach. I just like barely reachable. You know, Ob- you can obtainable. just see it. Obtainable. It's just there on the, just in the distance. One more go, and you might do it. You can get it. So, uh, and and it's fun to do as well. If you're if you're playing at that level where you're going three three skulls, it's very. It's one of those dopamine games where um, one of the ways that you can get big big old scores is by using three weapons or traps on a single enemy before they die. So rather than just letting them die on a spike pit, you want to like make them walk through tar so they, 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 they've been slowed down and then like hit them with like an arrow that's not quite going to kill them and then like say a, a, a ceiling smasher fi- does the final blow or whatever and if you hit some someone with three things you get this sort of like on screen whenever they die and if there's a whole crowd of them all like being hit by multiple weapons all at once the screen just gets filled up with these red like star-shaped things with combo times three, combo times four on them, and oh, nice. you know it can really it can fill up your screen. You can just stare at this crowd of of points racking up. So Does that feel it, good? It feels, uh, yeah, uh. it feels really good. So uh, yeah, it's a mixture there still, like of playing it for the fun, but really I know I was also trying to get to the top of the ranks on my yeah. friends list, but um. I've I've never had one of those games. Some people play games exclusively just because they want to be the best at it, and they almost they hate playing it, even though they play it constantly. <laughs> it's an obsession. Obsep- it is an obsession. obsession. Yeah, <laughs> that's an me. obsession within an obsession. Yes, I think. yes, um, that's it. Uh, how about you? You are, are you a ranker slash competitor? Well, you know, we all have downtime where we, you know, everybody yeah. wants to rank on their own 
yeah. from time to time. Very quickly, I would also suggest that maybe um, Spyro 1 is probably fits into that category for you. The no flame run and stuff, practicing. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Um, that kind of approach. But, yeah, I suppose that wasn't directly competing against other people because I don't think many people had bothered trying to do that. I think like one person had, had done a YouTube version of it maybe i don't know it might have been for a different game but uh yeah i guess that's sort of trying to show off show off my skills i suppose mm. yeah do it with a um uh, like a handicap i suppose yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. getting a bit want to be the best well maybe not wanting to be the best because as you said it becomes an obsession for some people yeah. to the point where the game stops being fun and it's the only thing that you play mm. which is part of the reason why I think both of our answers to this are pretty limited because you sort of you, you sort of have to pick a specialization yeah. for want of a better term early on and just stay with it and it'll be mostly all that you play and not only is that at least to me not a very fun prospect mm. but also we we have to talk about many different games for our jobs and we can't really stay in one lane forever you know yeah. there have certainly been games that have dominated my time for a long period but that's just until i finished them it's not because i wanted to play them endlessly forever mm. and ever um but i would say the closest that i came to this was probably crash team racing right yeah when yeah. the uh the the remake came out uh, in 2019 i was gonna say last year oh no <laughs> uh, in 2019 and uh, especially with the what was it like the grand prix stuff the grand prix and the nitro bar and exactly yeah. you would you'd be on there every day grinding and getting better and trying to set those god-awful time i'm still only one trophy away from the platinum in that game which is to beat the uh, oh, really nitrous oxide times <sighs> I beat Entropy. Yeah. Yes, he's the first tier, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And then you get to the uh, nitrous nitrous oxide times, and I was just like, this is like this is this is speed level ability time trial stuff that I just can't do. My hands hurt. I may as I'm, well go on online multiplayer and I'm not be beaten by <laughs> by all those people who. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But for like, um, you know, for a good few months, it was the only thing I played, and I'd finished the game. I was just just grinding to try and get better and and win that uh win that last trophy which i didn't i gave up because life's too short and it was frustrating i still got pretty good at crash team racing but i'd say that was the closest i got to -hmm. that you know played a lot of dark souls as well but i don't you know play it endlessly i play it with friends and stuff but i don't play it to be better at it yeah you know there's some people who their whole career on twitch is streaming uh, Soulsborne games, which is fascinating and great to watch because they do all sorts of modded runs and stuff, but not for me. Mm-hmm. I want to want to play all sorts. Yeah, it's why I don't speedrun anything. Like I think we've we've been asked this question, we've been asked about speedrunning before, and it's just we've got our, our favorite games and stuff that we we love, mm-hmm. and arguably if we had to speedrun something, if someone had a gun to our head and said which game can you play real quick, we would probably pick one of our favorites, but. I don't want to sit and like play my favorite game over and over and over again. I like watching speedruns of it as a little one-off, you know, it, when GDQ comes on twice a year or something. But mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, when I watch those, always in the back of my mind, there's this thing where I'm like, "Oh man, these guys really love, you know, Crash Bandicoot or Dark Souls or whatever. They they really like these games, but they've had to just sit on Twitch, <laughs> looping round and round and round, learning yeah. every single." enemy and item and little exploit and 
Yeah, and you hear oh the stories gosh. as well. They tell like on on the couch, which obviously has been mm. virtual for the last year or so. They the speedrunner brings at least a couple of people along with them from their their speedrunning community, and they they often shout out and thank individual speedrunners yeah. of like new new routes or new time saving tactics that have been found. And it's just uh, I can only yeah I can't I can't really imagine just sort of existing in the on this discord server dedicated to this yeah. speedrunning community where all of these people are constantly just running this game over and over again trying to find you know new uh, new sneaky ways to get I mean, through it as fast as possible the worst thing is so like thinking of the crash games which i love watching uh, being run um it's it's not just about like knowing the perfect route and being good at the game so that you're not going to get hit it's like sometimes there's like really awkward movement techniques in these games not not just crash but all kinds of different games where in the old games you have to zigzag which is while you're running forwards or moving forwards you have to really really rapidly go left right left right left right left right left right just constantly mm-hmm. f- throughout the entire run because you move quicker when you're going what the game considers diagonal. Um, and then in the Insane Trilogy version, there's this thing called hop sliding, which is you have to like skid up a surface and then like mash the spin button to maintain this slide. And if you hit like any bit of geometry, it'll stop. And, you know, it, it would be one thing just learning a route and like defeating some enemies and getting around obstacles really well. But to have to like just maintain some really awkward movement method all the way through as well is just that must be soul destroying um i mean you know obviously if people enjoy it you enjoy it i'm happy for you i genuinely am but for me i could not sit and zigzag my way through crash bandicoot no absolutely not i I love watching the end result as do you and Mm. and applaud the commitment but it's not it's it's just not enough hours in the day uh for that but so i think those those two examples that we that we gave are probably the closest we've come to to really knuckling down and just playing something over and over again to the point where we got very good at it. Mm, yeah, uh, doesn't happen often though. I usually finish a game and then forget everything about it. And yeah, then when I when I pick it back up again, even a month later, it's like starting all over again. Yeah, definitely, it's totally gone. Well, it's time to move on, Peter. To well, from something that we have played a lot to something yeah. that we are playing currently. Maybe not a lot, but we we're playing it any what. It's being played right now. It's it's called What We're Playing Right Now. No. It's what we play in time. Peter, what are you playing? Bit of a weird one for me this this week. It's mm. weird what we play in. Oh, paper oh. stack. <laughs> I don't have it to it's not in reach. Um although thank you very much. You Cheers. Uh I uh so I've recently been been watching the the Clone Wars Claymation show mm-hmm. um, yeah. because there's a new a new sort of spin-off series starting in May on Disney Plus. So I'm kind of rewatching the Clone Wars Claymation show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's sort of in the lead up to that. And um, YouTube, YouTube seems to know that I've recently taken to rewatching Clone Wars and like the odd little video on the lore or like who the hell is this character? I've forgotten who this is. So I, I've been watching bits on YouTube too. And um, then it suggested to me uh, a, a fairly large Star Wars YouTube channel that I don't really watch, but they've recently started replaying the Battlefront 2, the original Battlefront 2 campaign. And when I saw that, I was like, oh man, I really enjoyed that campaign. It was so good. So <laughs> I found myself uh, earlier this week restarting the, the 501st 
clone campaign from Battlefront 2 Retro. Wow. Um, we are losing a command something. Yeah, command post. Um, Bonus activated. So, I mean, that's the thing about... I, it's funny because when the new Battlefront 2 by EA came out and they, they had a campaign attached to that, a criticism that was levied at that game was, all right, so you've got some cutscenes and stuff, but really all of the objectives in this game are... They're basically just multiplayer objectives mm-hmm. with a veneer around Capture them. Capture like, this. Exactly. Yeah, kill Shoot 15 that. enemies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really, that's what the the Battlefront, the old Battlefront 2 campaign is. But I suppose you can kind of allow that to an extent because of its age. But um, all the same, it's quite interesting. It's totally non-canon because uh, in the, the show that I'm watching, it's following some of the characters in that Legion who are like very much goodies until essentially a, a switch gets flipped in their head and then they become baddies through no Order fault of 69. their own. Order 69, that's the one. Um, but in in the Battlefront 2 campaign from 2005 or whatever it was, uh, there's this narrative running along all the way where the the, the like leader of the clone Legion that you're playing as, in the when you go into each mission, he quite often alludes to the fact that he knows that really he's like a double agent and he's like, oh, we, we could barely look her in the eye when we she told us that we were, we were the bravest soldiers she'd ever seen and we knew what we were going to one day have to do to her and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, wow, this is really not congruent with what I'm watching <laughs> in my in my downtime. But, um, yeah. you know, I'm just keeping them separate in my head and I'm enjoying myself. I've not played that game for a long time. And, oh, uh, me neither. That's are you are you playing it natively on a console or are you emulating? I am playing it on um on uh my my PS2, which I've have had hooked up to my TV since we moved to this house, and I've not played it too much. I played Resi Four on it, and uh, initially when I sort of got it all plugged in, I had a little spate of playing PS2 games. I think it was sort mm-hmm. of over Christmas. I played like Tekken and a few other things which i nice. i'm sure i mentioned on what we're playing at the time but uh yeah playing it playing it in its original form it's available on steam as well i thought about playing it on there but i thought i spend enough time at this desk during the day i don't want to start <laughs> sitting here in the evenings so yeah it's such um, a good game it is huge, huge yeah. fan of that original game i'm surprised i mean if it didn't if ea probably weren't afraid that it would confuse people Mm. I'm amazed that they haven't just re-released it. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. On current hardware, yeah. I'd buy it for sure. Yeah, it's a great game. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, I don't think I've played anything else other than the uh, the things we've been streaming, Haven and uh, Little Nightmares too. Um, so yeah, that's me. Just back on the Star Wars. Surprise, surprise. Peter <laughs> Austin. Lovely. Um, what about you? What have you been playing? Well, I've been all over this week. Right. And I started by hopping back into a little bit of Warzone. It's on season two now. Oh, fan- fantastic. It's moved on. What's that? A new map? Don't be silly. Oh. How about new bits in the same map? Right. So there's a big boat where you can where you can call zombies in for some reason. Okay. And if you kill the zombies, you get a reward, but everyone lands there and all die immediately by killing mm-hmm. each other. Um, and then a number of sort of nuclear silos have opened across the map with a lot of people assuming that across the season it's going to build to the point where the nukes go off, the map gets destroyed, and then we get a new map. Nuclear. Yes. Yeah. But, selfishly, can we just um, 
Can we just skip this part and I get to the... Yeah, can we just can blow nukes, up the map, please? Can the nukes just go off, please? Because I'm, I'm over it. Like, mm. I'm really... I had some fun. You know, I play it with friends. I don't play it on my own. It's not like Question 1. It's not one of those games I play to get better at because it's impossible. The people who are good at Call of Duty are superhuman, quite yeah, frankly, yeah. and I can't compete with that. Uh, so or I did have some fun. Bots. Can't yes, with this. cheaters, all yeah. cheating because they're better than me. Uh, it's lag. It's always lag, to be mm. fair. It's lag's fault. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, new stuff in there. I haven't tried out the new zombie stuff as well because there was um, it's season two for Cold War as well, the most recent yeah. uh, Call of Duty game. Mm-hmm. And they've added some new zombie stuff. And one of them looks like it's basically sort of an open world zombies kind of experience similar to the I don't know specifically but at least from the outside looking in it appears to be imagine the 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 uh flipping what am I thinking of the battle royale map but there's loads of zombies running around it and you and your friends have to go to certain objectives around the map and you can use vehicles and stuff it sounds okay. pretty cool I haven't touched it yet so I don't know for sure what it is but uh sounds pretty fun so I'll, go, I'll give that a go and, and report back at some point you know what's going to happen, don't is. you? What's that? They're, they're going to set those nukes off and blow up that map, but then you won't move on to anywhere new. You'll just have to play in the <laughs> shell, the wasteland of that yes. former map. And there It'll won't be even be any buildings 3 expansion. left. Yeah. Oh, what fun. Grey and mm. beige. My favourite. Perfect. It probably will be. It'll be like uh, the uh, the Chernobyl map mm. from, yeah. uh, from COD 4. Whatever that one was called. It might have been Chernobyl. I'm not sure. Or somewhere nearby. Pripyat. I don't know. Anyway, mm, yeah. that was that. Played that. And then on stream last week, I did Dying Reborn. Yes. Which yeah. is not a good game, mm-hmm. but not bad in the sense that it was, you know, they they took a lot of shots and failed miserably. It's clearly the efforts of a small team. Um, I think rather than playing to their strengths, they attempted to emulate what a lot of perhaps bigger budget uh, horror games have attempted to do. And in right. the process, because they don't have the budget to pull it off, it was quite sort of the the horror was kind of laughable in places like a, a mannequin just gets thrown through a window in front of you, but it it just like falls and then just stays completely still. Like okay. it, just, it just just like it's just animated to go through the window and then stop. Right. Um it it wasn't good. It was like a thirty eight percent on Metacritic or something. But I do, you know, it's it's sort of like a point and click, not point and click, sort of like a puzzler where you go around and you have to combine all sorts of weird stuff together mm-hmm. to get, you know, the kind of stuff that I would never have any success uh, with without a guide. Without a guide, um, yeah. So I finished that. Got platinum two hundred. It's done. Congratulations. Lions. Thank you. I then moved on to finishing off Persona Five Royal platinum two hundred one. Done. Easy peasy. Boom. Then I thought, what's next on the agenda? Sackboy a big adventure. Oh yeah. One trophy away from that. We've spoken about it before, that stupid knitted knights trial. Oh, the yeah. rip snorter is what it's called. Oh. You have to do all si- all fifteen trials back to back in under ten minutes. I yeah. tried a few times. I got further than I did before I sacked it off last time I get it sacked it off and then and then I just put down the controller and thought this is stupid and I hate it this is a question one kind of not have challenge yeah Yeah. don't have time for this so um, I do have the platinum trophy now right asterisk big asterisk Mm. I went to the PlayStation trophies forums and asked for help 
And did you do like remote play or whatever it's called? No, because as as you'll be aware, actually you won't. I'll be aware because we play we played co-op on stream before, and I've been in your game. But even if you're in someone else's game, when you or they finish a time trial, it still sets a time for you. That's mm-hmm. shared between the players. Yes, of course. So there's this one hero in the co-op thread on the PlayStation Trophies forum for Sackboy Big Adventure who is just a savant at this challenge. <laughs> he is unbelievably good. And I was scrolling through the thread and it's just him popping up over and over again, replying to people asking for help with it, just saying, I'll do that. I've got 20 minutes now. Are you free? Okay, invite sent. And then people replying saying, you're, this, you're amazing. Thank wow. you. And uh, he, after some back and forth, I hopped into his game. He charged through it first time, absolutely smashed it. Pop that trophy for me. Platinum. Done. It's gone. I'm over it. I don't hey, care anymore. What so, a community. Exactly. I think, I'd like to think of this as a learning experience where we can all applaud the, the community, the internet coming together to help each other. But the reality is that I was not good enough at this game to do it myself. And I <laughs> own that. I could have lied, but I'm not going to. And I'm telling the truth. I couldn't do it. I didn't want to do it anymore. It's on record. And I asked for help. Yeah. So there we are. Uh, beyond that, carried on playing Persona 4 Golden. Love that game. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Playing it in bed. Wonderful, wonderful game. And I played a tiny bit of Borderlands 3 on PS5, the PS5 version of it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you get a free upgrade from PS4. All of the technical issues have been ironed out, practically. There's still some quirks, should we say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but largely, there's no slowdown whatsoever. The loading times are good. It looks great. Um don't know if i'll keep playing it because i played a lot of borderlands 3 and yeah. uh there we are that's what i've been playing yeah i want to play some uh sack boy on couch co-op at home um with my partner but i don't know i've not even bothered looking into whether that'll like overwrite our our playthrough or if i can just have like a separate slot going or whatever I just, i've i'm fine just waiting so i've not even looked i may well be able to do it like do both in tandem uh, yeah. but uh, i think it's just one for your account yeah like you can I, replay previous stages but if you were to continue beyond it that would just be your progress yeah well we would i'm sure we wouldn't get beyond it between before me and you play it again next but i'd rather just kind of have a fresh you know yeah. just play it from the start and unlock levels as we go and stuff Makes as opposed sense. to going back and just replaying stuff mopping up what me and you didn't grab initially so mm-hmm. uh yeah looking forward to to playing some more multiplayer of that when we've f- finished playing multiplayer. Hopefully. Yes, yes, uh, best crack on then. Yeah, yeah, I've been ahead. Wonderful, well, it's time for question two. This question two comes from Stukalicious, who says, Hello, my rad dudes, with two exclamation marks. Well, That's two. how rad we are. Yeah. Possibly a bit of an odd question, but given these lockdown times, I find I have too much time to think about inane stuff. Given that sports games and RPGs are getting more expansive and detailed character creations, do you think we'll reach a point in time where we could have carbon copies of ourselves in narrative-driven games like The Last of Us or Uncharted or Resident Evil? Thanks for all the great content and streams. Well, thank you, Stukalicious. I think this is... I mean, it, it's the it's the standard answer you get from any any person that you write in and ask a question about where they say... Yeah, this could happen. It'll happen in some cases and not in others. Okay, cool. There's your answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, where I think that arguably we might be able to have c- almost carbon copies of ourselves in um, 
sports games, which mm. were mentioned in the question. You know, I think the character creation software is only going to get better over the next over the coming decades to the point where one day you'll you'll be able to just immediately pop yourself into a game and it'll just be you on screen. Um, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, I don't mean necessarily the push of a button, but you'll be able to very you'll have a lot of control to make yourself. Um, but with with like narrative games such as The Last of Us or Uncharted or Resident Evil, I think while there will be a few games like that that do decide to experiment with you can play as anyone, and we've written this very like sincere, interesting, engaging linear narrative around mm. a custom character. I think for the most part, those games work much better around a specific character that has been designed for that story, you know, because um, a protagonist's personality and history and, you know, the the way that they respond to certain scenarios, that all plays into those narrative games. And that might not line up with how you would respond to something uh, the same thing happening. You know, if I was in Resident Evil, I'd just cower in the corner and get eaten, probably. <laughs> do I don't you reckon think your, your protagonist character that looked like you would do that as well? Yeah, oh, I'm sure. For sure definitely. Uh, and you know, The Last of Us as well. I would like... I would certainly stay in my shelter, shelter village town. Mm. I wouldn't go off adventuring for revenge um, on for any reason. Uh <laughs> And if I wasn't in a nice shelter town, I would kind of just want to lie down and die, I think, in that world. It doesn't seem like a world I'd like to survive in. Um, so I think those games will always, probably predominantly, have characters that have been created and written and designed by the developers and the storytellers with um, you know, a very specific thing in mind. Uh, but I'm sure there will be games very much like for example the last of us or uncharted that have this like well thought out narrative where you know it's super linear uh where you'll be able to play as play as yourself if you want to but yeah i think it'll only work under certain contexts yeah i i totally agree i think um narrative driven games are all that much stronger for having the protagonist be the creation of the creator of the game so that it, yeah. it makes sense and runs through. Like I would love for for there to be Uncharted 4, but with Ben Potter instead of Nathan Drake. <laughs> but you just know that there are going to be people who are running around in that game and it's going to be Nathan Drake, but his face is a bum and he's sat on the sofa and he's kissing his lovely wife, Elena. Yeah. They're just playing Crash Bandicoot together, but one of them has a bum for a face. And mm-hmm. it's it just, it'll be funny, but I don't think it would necessarily be the creative vision of the people who made the game. Um, by all accounts, Watch Dogs Legion, meant to be really fun, in spite of its perhaps not incredible reviews. I think it was, you know, it wasn't poorly reviewed at all, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and that's a game that lets you play as as everyone or anyone, mm-hmm. which is a novel mechanic. But inherently, that means that you're going to lose a lot of characterization. I know you you build a bond with that squad, much like in XCOM and so on. Um, you know, you 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 make a relationship based on the experiences you have organically in the game world because yeah. of how it's designed. But there is nothing quite like having a game starring a character that you play as that was written by a person. And you were designed to play as them from start to finish. That I don't think that's replaceable. Um, 
If we expand it beyond that, though, say with an RPG or a sports game, as mm. Stukalicious mentions and name drops, in terms of the advancement of putting yourself in the game, I think there's a good chance that we will get there with that. Face scanning has been available for at least a couple of generations now with the Xbox camera and the PlayStation camera and stuff like that on PS3 and, and 360. Yeah. Uh, with, you know, mixed effectiveness. And again, mm-hmm. a lot of bums for faces and other genitals, I would imagine. Yes. Uh, also as faces. Um, but the, for example, right now, the PS5 camera that some people own, including myself, currently doesn't do anything, really. Mm-hmm. What's it there for? I don't know. I just bought it because it was an accessory at launch. It's not useful. Um, but it's a good camera by all accounts. I don't know. I can't use it. Uh, but I imagine we'll see that uh, increasing in, in usage as time goes by. But if we look at the the wrestling games, the WWE games, you can import PNGs and transparent images and stuff like that. And a lot of the custom characters that you see people create and upload and share with people uh, of wrestlers who either are not in the game or just random characters like Ninja Turtles, mm. people can upload their faces basically and then use the tools in the game to sort of blend it in to the face of their custom character and there's lots of clever workarounds where those actually look kind of realistic there's something off about them but i think it's only going to get more comprehensive as time goes by uh i don't know if you've been to conventions and stuff like it that has i think it might have been either star wars celebration or of previous egx that i went to but you could pay an obscene amount of money and they would scan your face and 3D print it onto like some sort of statue or video game character kind of thing. Oh, wow. And if there was some sort of kiosk, you know, like say Destiny 3's coming out and you want your face on the robot that you play as, right? Mm -hmm. There are going to be set locations across the UK or the US or Canada or wherever and uh, say they're shopping centers and we're going to yeah. set up destiny 3 kiosks and you can go there pay your 20 dollar dues or 20 quid or whatever and you step into the booth they give you a professional scan and then you wait however long or you take it home on a usb stick or whatever i don't know i don't have to think of the supply chain yeah yeah and then you can go home and download yourself and you've been professionally scanned like there's yeah it could be done it's just like a question of it's a question of like where, in which games it would work. So I mean, not to retread the, the same ground we've already covered, but like thinking about it, RPG as a genre by definition, like it makes more sense to have yourself in an RPG game where you're playing a role and you choose your own adventure. Comp- where like compared to, so if I imagine myself um, as Nathan Drake in like a new Uncharted game. I would find it really weird that it was me. So mm-hmm. I mean, not even the fact that it's a sequel, but like, say, say a new game came out called Tomb Charter, mm-hmm. where you're a, an adventurer like that. You put your own face in at the start of the game, and then it says, right, so this is uh, Peter Austin, the Tomb Charter, and this is his girlfriend, Eleanor, and this is his best friend, uh, Sullyman. And I would be like, this is weird that, like, it's me... But I don't get to choose like who my girlfriend would be or who I would make friends with. Like, what if I don't like this man or what? You know, yeah. like, and the voice it makes is going to be sense. wrong as well. Yeah, exactly. It makes more sense that it would mostly just be in RPG games where you can mm. 
start as almost a blank canvas, you're finally awake, and then you can go and marry who you want and kill who you want and, you know, do all the things you would normally do in life, like kill who you want, you know, kill yeah. who you want, yeah. like you would do. Just like in real life, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Be interesting, so. though. I do love that stuff. I love, I, I always enjoyed putting myself in games, but mm. uh, I don't know if I'm going to be looking for it in a narrative-heavy single-player you know, d- d- focused experience like an Uncharted, for example. But I would, I would like to see it in an RPG, I would like yeah, it. or a sports game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, it's time for something strange. While I just reach across my, you got desk. your stuff there. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's time for some for weird, weird news. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's weird news time. Welcome to some weird video game news. Peter, what have you got for me this week? I promise you that this is real. That I've not just written this headline myself. I found this uh, story written up on various outlets. Um... But then I realized that the best one to go to would actually be Old Faithful Kotaku because of the way they've worded the headline. No one else worded it this way. And to hear it from my lips will be quite something. So Ian Walker, thank you, Kotaku. State of Decay 2 remembers that punching Nazis is good, actually. Oh, that's Finally, good of them to remember. someone on my side. I think most of us can agree that punching Nazis is a good thing. Heck, mm. a bunch of great video games are founded on that very premise. That's why it was weird when state of, when a State of Decay 2 player discovered that the game gives characters a negative effect for having taken out the trash in their pre-apocalypse life. In State of Decay 2, the open-world zombie game released by Undead Labs and Microsoft Studios in 2018, every survivor you recruit comes equipped with random traits that both reflect what they did before the outbreak and the effects that those lived experiences have on their personality. 
Some can, uh, survivors can, for instance, be afraid of rats, which in turn makes them pros at pest control, providing a bonus to your maximum food storage. Steam Marines 2 developer Yixian James Xiao, I've definitely said that wrong, <laughs> picked up State of Decay 2 on sale in January and quickly put together a lengthy Twitter thread about his time with the game. But last week, he noticed something odd. One of his survivors seemed to be getting a negative personality effect from the punched Nazis trait. Under the flavor text, the game explained that kicking skinheads out of a local concert in a previous life indicated the character was generally irritable towards other people rather than, you know, just doing the right thing in that scenario. (laughs) Yeah. This would be... uh, a real bad way to discover that the State of Decay 2 devs are cool with Nazis, CO wrote, setting off uh, on a days-long tweeting spree asking Undead Labs and Microsoft Studios about the trait. He was eventually blocked by the official State of Decay account, which the studio now says was caused by a false positive in its social listening software after a barrage of harassment it received uh, when they offered public support for Black History Month, which is nice. Um, in subsequent tweet, uh, tweets shared yesterday, Undead Labs explained that the punched Nazis trait was never meant to be presented in a wholly negative light, as it also gives survivors increased fighting experience and makes them more likely to argue passionately for their beliefs, the latter of which was accidentally altered with the addition of new game mechanics. When the morale system arrived, it simplified our original nuanced concept of characters arguing for their beliefs into a basic negative morale effect, representing discord in the community, Undead Labs wrote. So today, this trait has a positive skill bonus and red text in the UI due to the likelihood of arguing. Essentially, to put it in simpler terms. So you punch Nazis before the, before the pandemic happened uh, and everyone turned into zombies. And that means that you fight for your beliefs. So it was originally meant to be a positive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they introduced this new system later on, which sort of misinterpreted, you'll argue passionately for your beliefs as to be like, uh, you kind of start fights and stuff and you're bad. So it was kind of a an indirect, they were, they were more kind of assigning negativity to the the middleman rather than to having punched Nazis. So it was kind of a, kind of a mistake. Anyway, the article goes on to say that they've like rectified the issue with a hot fix. Um, Punched Nazis trait now is a positive personality indicator as it was always meant to be. Um, Good. And uh, just, of course, uh, Xiao, the guy who, uh, who brought this up, has been on the other end of a hate campaign by gamers who would rather argue for the rights of Nazis than take a long, hard look at the hatred that has been allowed to <sighs> ferment in the communities and rip it out by the roots. So I think having been vocal about this and saying, hang on, you should change it so that punching Nazis is a good thing, I think he's now had some backlash online. Excellent. And those people that. will tell you that it's not because they're pro-Nazi, it's because they don't want their video games to be political. Yeah, they're pro-freedom of speech. Everyone Even has the right to be a Nazi. political from top to bottom yeah. anyway, and all games are political because they're created by people, and mm-hmm. people have political beliefs. They do. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Um, so there you go. Can someone, like, share this? No, I'm not being serious. I was... T- 
jokingly about to say, can someone share this article with BAFTA Gaming? But uh, don't do that. <laughs> no, Julia Hardy more specifically. Right. Yeah. Like BAFTA, BAFTA don't care. But no. Julia Hardy just sounded surprised. She did. I enjoyed punching <laughs> Nazis. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Right. Fine. If you like. <laughs> Uh, there you go. A real article there that I was able to read out on a podcast. Amazing. Mm. Amazing. Wow. Got some weird news there, Ben? Yes, I have. And it's somewhat nice to finally get some uh, representation on here from the big dog himself, seeing as he is with us every Clifford. Monday. Yes. Every Monday, Thursday and Friday at 4.20. Uh, this is an article from PC Gamer and Jody McGregor. And the headline is Snoop Dogg Rage Quit 15 Minutes Into Live Streaming Madden on Twitch. Oh my God. <laughs> and the subtitle, then left the stream running for another seven hours. Oh, wow. Snoop. Snoop. Was it his first time streaming? I don't think so. It doesn't seem to imply that. Oh, no. uh, it's quite a ride, though. What I don't know about American football could fill a book, but I know that Snoop Dogg's 1993 album Doggy Style is a stone-cold classic and that when I saw the man live in 2014, he killed it. So when he livestreams Madden NFL 21 on Twitch, I am there for the man rather than the game and have no idea what it was about the particular touchdown that, around 14 minutes into his latest <laughs> stream, made him swear a bunch of times and rage quit. The stream's title of Sit Backs Relax... <laughs> Sit Back relax and chill it's a vibe in here seemed pretty inappropriate at that moment but then became appropriate again over the course of the seven hours that followed as snoop's channel broadcast his empty chair and the music he was playing somewhere nearby and people loved it while most of snoop's streams get a few thousand views the video currently has 103,900. around seven and a half hours in snoop walks across the room in a hoodie realizes what he's done and ends the stream oh, but those wow. but those hours of broadcasting the words no signal while various soul and funk classics by everybody from james brown to roberta flack drifted in it was really a vibe in here wow imagine that i mean that's my worst nightmare is the thought of like being in my house it's one thing like accidentally streaming from the office but mm. you know imagine being in your house People just listening in for seven hours. God yeah. knows what would happen. It's dangerous, isn't it? It is. It's fun though. <laughs> Snoop, I just the I couldn't believe it when I read it. I thought that's perfect. What an amazing day. Yeah. Snoop Dogg. Fifteen minutes, got mad at a video game, and then streamed for another seven hours just of just playing music. An empty chair. Uh I think I'm going to title all my streams Sit Backs, Sit, Jesus, I can't even say it. Sit Back, Relax, and Chill. It's a vibe it's in a here. It's a vibe in here. Yeah. yeah. It's, a good, it's a good title for a stream. We should change the 420 card to say that. Sit Back, <laughs> the, the scrolling text and Chill. It's a vibe in here. Yeah, wow. we should. We definitely should. Well, there we are. That was my, <clears throat> excuse me, that was my weird news. That was pretty weird. Wow. That was... So sorry to hear that, Snoop, that you had such a bad time. Snoop! If he's listening. Snoop? Yeah, Snoop's always listening. What he do you think listening. he was doing for seven hours? Yeah, listening to, to funk and... Catching up. Question three, Peter. It's from Henny Heron, which are both types of bird, in a in a way. Um, are they? What's a henny? Well, it's just a hen, isn't it? Oh, I suppose so, yeah. It's like an affectionate term for a chicken. Hello, right. Henny. Uh, 
<laughs> anyway, when I'm done insulting the question, yeah, the question asker. Hello, my dudes. I've recently replayed Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, and I forgot how much that game stuck with me the first time I played it. I suspect it's because of how similar it is to the common nightmare young children have about their families disappearing or abandoning them. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> Has a game ever stuck with you for a surprisingly long time? And what do you think the reason for it sticking with you was, if you feel like sharing? Keep up the awesome work and stay safe. Thank you, Henny Heron. Thank you. Um, well, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily have thought of this straight away if it hadn't been in the question. But actually, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture did stick with me for a time. Um, I remember just thinking, wow, what a... There's something about that game. It's another one that... It's one of those games, and we've both got them, that kind of comes up multiple times to, like for various different questions. It's like how Bioshock is in every list we ever do. Um, but for me, like, everybody's gone to the rapture. Uh, there are all kinds of aspects to that game that I really appreciate and, and think worked so well. Of course, the setting is something uh, that you don't get so often in video games and it always mm. i always find it it feels a bit strange in a in a nice way when you're in a representation of the UK in a video game like in uncharted 2 was it is it the start of, or is it 3, three. actually yeah 3 yeah. um you're in like some some back alleys in london i guess it was it was somewhere in the uk yeah. and uh i mean that felt a bit weird it felt like a, a bit like a a movie set there was just sort of strangely placed like I mean, I can't remember specifically, but like red phone boxes and post boxes and things. It was like, this is Britain. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of felt a bit like that. But in a, in a similar way, um, it it's kind of nice to be somewhere like that. But of course, the game itself is... It's so eerie walking around this deserted place that, that feels very familiar to you. And then you've got this very well-acted... Um, effectively radio drama done by some people from the archers and other people too and uh yeah there was it was just very much its own thing and uh the ending i don't actually remember exactly what happens i remember the setting of it but uh i remember that sort of being a bit haunting really Mm -hmm. um and uh i think in a similar way i remember the the end of the first little nightmares game kind of uh enthralled me and i just i had to try and decipher like oh but what is that world what what does it mean and like who you know are you a goodie or a baddie like you did some pretty messed up stuff but you were being kept in a cage like what what what's the morality here i don't know so uh i mean just some initial initial ones that come to mind those two for me yeah yeah, I I had a similar re- reaction to everybody's gone to the rapture. We actually spoke about it uh, in passing on the sleepover stream last week, didn't we? Because we were talking about how that game at times, <clears throat> excuse me, at times felt like a horror game. Yeah, and it could right. have quite easily been turned into a horror game because it would. I spent the entire time playing that game, waiting for a jump scare that never came, mm. and so it just put me on edge the entire time. And towards the end of that game, because you start and it's the morning, and as you make your way through the village and across through the various story moments, it it starts to get darker. Mm -hmm. And then you start going, you know, I I felt so uncomfortable going into any building 
yeah. because I was waiting for something or someone to move or be watching me from like a window, but it never happened. And, and I think that's this, the power of that game. It's not a perfectly, it's not like uh, everyone's disappeared and everything's just left in a relatively nice state. Like mm. there's dead birds around. Yeah, or bloody I don't tissues you... all over the place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, there's this constant just underlying thing of like, something happened here like Mm -hmm. outside of that it's quite an idyllic pretty place you know it's nice buildings and village green and so on but yeah it's very well done absolutely um very quickly i totally forgot because i was i was gonna say there are certain games that i finish that i immediately go and look up such and such ending explained not necessarily because i didn't understanding understand it but because i can't I don't have anyone that I can talk to about yeah, you it, you know, and I want, insights. I want that. Yeah. I want someone else's opinion on like, mm. wow, I finished it. What did you think? Um, and I recently did that with control. I forgot to mention it. I did finish All control. Right, yeah. Very good. Very interested to see what Remedy does next. That's that. That's all I wanted to say quickly. I forgot <laughs> to make a note. Right. Um, the last of us part one oh, of course. was, yeah. was one that stuck with me and it didn't actually, that ending was so, I suppose understated is the right way to put it because it's not a disappointing ending at all. But it was like it doesn't end in explosions and and you know the walking off into the sunset like we did it. Mm-hmm. We're the. It makes you feel kind of bad. <laughs> That's it. it. Just makes you feel kind of guilty and bad. Yeah. And um, that was one that didn't hit home immediately. That was one where I finished it where I was like, wow, that was that really the ending. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of several days, I, it stuck with me and I was, you know, it, it stayed in my mind and I processed it and thought, wow, actually, that was um, that was pretty powerful, that ending it on that note. I uh, wasn't expecting that, really. Not what you not what you usually get from Naughty Dog, at least, especially with Uncharted, where everyone high fives and like they're drinking a beer on the beach. And it's like, we did it. We're the we're the best. Yeah. We only killed 2000 people and we got the treasure and destroyed a... Uh, an ancient civilization. Another ancient civilization. It's gone. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. This is Mambo number five. Uh, but I've got a number of games that have stuck with me. Persona 4 Golden really stuck with me. I think I was just in the right place um, in in my life to for, yeah. for a game like that. And all those characters struck a chord with me and I really got into it. And when I was done, I felt kind of devastated because it was like, that's it. They're gone now. My friends are gone. Uh, same same uh, with Mass Effect 2 and Final Fantasy 7 I would say for similar reasons like just the the cast of characters and the grand adventure that you go on and then it, it just kind of ends and you're like oh man you just remember them you mourn them almost yeah, yeah. because that's I've the end of the adventure games. yeah hmm. but there we are oh boy well um, are, are you ready Peter yeah, I'm ready for... It's time to move on to something large. It's the big discussion. Oh, it's big discussion. Big discussion time. Time for the big discussion. This comes from Michael Milan, or Marlon, who says, Hello, boys. I've been on a bit of a retro gaming kick lately, and it's made me notice a lot of things I've taken for granted in the evolution of game mechanics. In third-person shooters of the Nintendo 64 and PS1 era, for example, there would be no cover systems, no lock-on aiming, targeting was a mess, and even the button you used to shoot would vary from game to game. These are things that, in some variation anyway, are the standard 
are the standard nowadays, it made me wonder, what mechanics from current gen games do you think will become the new standards moving forwards? For example, I can't help but wonder if Zelda Breath of the Wild's stamina-based climbing system will be the new normal in large-scale adventure games. Very quickly, that stamina system has been in games before, like Shadow of the Colossus. Yes, it has, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. To, to respond to that one specifically, hmm. that I think that worked so well in Breath of the Wild uh, because it did just sort of let you, it just, it just sort of let you loose, didn't it? In, it did. In a world where you could do anything. Uh, I don't want to see that in, I know we've spoken about it a lot, but there's a lot of climbing and traversing. I don't want to see that in Uncharted. I definitely don't want to see it in Assassin's Creed, like having to level up my can no. hold on to ledge ability. I think that would just inherently make it not very fun <laughs> to get around. Yeah, it would only work in certain games, I think. Yeah. Like, yeah. the whole point of... Well, not the whole point, but one of the things that, of course, is... Um, that kind of took some people by surprise with Breath of the Wild uh, is that you you could just go to the final boss straight away mm. if you wanted to. Um, so that game is very much about freedom from the get-go. Yes. And therefore, you know, why not be allowed to climb anywhere? But in other games... That would be like completely game breaking if you could just go anywhere from the beginning. Um, it would, and to be fair to Michael, he does say the new normal in large scale adventure games. Yeah, so, no, uh, he does, of course. Yeah, the, these mechanics that we're about to name, I think, again, they would only apply in certain situations mm. and in certain genres. Yeah, but um, you know, maybe in something like like Skyrim or one of the Elder Scrolls, like the new Elder Scrolls games. I don't know why I said Skyrim when that's already out. They're not going to add that back in. <laughs> well, they're going to keep releasing it. Yeah, they, so. uh, but, you know, future Elder Scrolls games, for example, um, you know, famously or infamously, everyone mashes the jump button up a vertical cliff in those mm-hmm. games already as it is. So they might as well just add a climb anything mechanic. Um, so that could work pretty well. Um, incidentally, actually, this week's worst games ever kind of has the Breath of the Wild climb anything mechanic, doesn't it? Do oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure does. But it's not climb anything mechanic, but it's uh, <laughs> climbing stamina is what it is. Yeah, you definitely it's can't actually climb anything. started in the game featured on worst games ever this week. It did, yeah. Everyone else copied it, including Shadow and uh, Breath of the Wild. Um, Man, yeah, I I kind of struggle to to think. So actually, we've got a um a list that is it out now already? I think it is. Yeah, it's um, I mean it was it was a bit of a facetious bit of a facetious title, but it was um things that everyone has copied from Ubisoft games, and uh, some of the traits of things that people have quote unquote copied. Um, actually predate Ubisoft games or they were, you know, they, they, you can think of other games that did them first, but Ubisoft maybe popularized them, but and that's all by the by. But uh, one of the things in there was um, in-game social media, which mm. is, that was a almost a bit of a, it wasn't quite a wildcard entry, but it was like, here's one that is not yet super popular, but people are starting to do it and Ubisoft uh, kind seemed to have popularized it and then the likes of Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man had that like app and social media stuff, yeah. um, and I think City Skylines actually has social media in it as well. Um, but then, in, yeah, in terms of actual Ubisoft games, you've got Watch Dogs that's got one, and there was there was another one too that I can't think of. But um, you know, maybe you'll see more of that. Um, I don't know to what extent that will become. Uh, you know, the question asks about, like, 
using the same button to do everything. Like, I don't know if it will um, be very uniform across games that start to implement it or if everyone will continue to do it very differently. Um, but all the same, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more and more of that as time goes on because, mm-hmm. you know, I guess they, they look they look to the zeitgeist and think, well, you know, everyone's using social media in real life. Why not add it to our game? If it's set in a sort of a modern day setting, um, it would make sense that this character would be using some kind of social media. Bit so of world building. One. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that's one, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, having in the past year or so gone back and played the launch lineups for lots of older consoles mm. i have been treated in big quotation marks yeah. to some of the earlier standards like uh, michael describes and i'm sure you're very familiar with peter with the ps1 era yeah uh, where everyone was just sort of trying stuff and they <laughs> they didn't really know what they were doing just yet you could play uh, you could play two two different games that were both shooters, and the buttons would be completely different. So different. some games would be start to confirm, some would be X to confirm, some would be circle to confirm. Like yeah. it just none of it was, you know. We've we've thankfully ironed all that stuff out now, and those very basic standards are sorted now. Um, much like how, unless it's for a, again for a very specific genre of game, I would venture to suggest an indie game. I am very glad that we've moved past the point. And, you know, it's still it's still in some games, Spyro, Crash, but again, you know, that's because of the lineage and the heritage there, that we don't have lives anymore in games. Right, yeah. I don't like that. That's not fun, because those were obviously a hangover from the arcade, arcade days, era, yeah. where they want to get as much money from you as possible and have you die and run out of lives and put more money in, please. I don't like that hmm. for a game that I've, <laughs> that I've bought. <clears throat> and that was always especially weird. Uh, when I was uh, playing, especially the Mega Drive games, a lot of those games are just direct arcade ports anyway, mm-hmm. and um, they're they're you know saying would you would you like to continue? Like yes, of course I would. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't I? And then that also sort of makes the lives kind of obsolete. So yeah. it takes it's taken us a long time to get to the point where we are now where you can pick up a first person shooter or even a third person shooter from a completely different franchise and you'll be able to play it on a basic level without being told any of the buttons Mm, you'll know how to do it the triggers to aim and shoot l1 and r1 will be some kind of perk or grenade or something like that l3 will be sprint circle will probably be crouch yeah x is likely jump mm-hmm. you know that's that we've got there we've done that that's nice like driving mechanics are the same they used yeah. to, that was a real wild west once upon a time but now it's you know usually x and or uh, a trigger to to accelerate you, mm-hmm. you can usually use either one of them square to break um Absolutely. and then maybe you've got a handbrake in there as well but yeah that that so sometimes it would be like up on the thumbstick to go. Oh, I mean, actually, God. even fairly recently, like the likes of um, Halo, Borderlands uh, is that as well. Yeah, driving. they they used to do that, and I guess they probably still do because why would you change it at this? Point? I don't. But, I don't like that. No, I've got but, to say, especially in Borderlands, I don't like the driving controls in Borderlands. I've never liked them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't feel like I have much control because you're using the camera to steer, which yeah. feels which is wrong. And you you can't be very I, I can't speak for Halo but certainly in Borderlands there's just there's just a degree of inaccuracy that makes it a challenge to drive like that. Uh, yeah, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> not not a fan. But uh, because we've been there, we've been in this point uh, at this point for a little while now. 
probably since the at least the late PS2, Xbox era, GameCube era, um, moving into the early PS3, 360 era. We've mm. we've had these control standards for a while now, and things like it. So I suppose some of the things I'm about to mention are probably kind of no-brainers and they've been around for a while anyway but i do i am a fan of the amount of checkpoints that games have now yeah especially in like single player games when you when you die it's always noticeable and will always make you curse a game if you get thrown back a long way because of a checkpoint yeah you know and again certain genres doesn't work in dark souls that's not how that game is designed but Mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, a Call of Duty, for example, you're playing the campaign of that and you die, you'll, you'll just get reset to the beginning of that, probably that skirmish or whatever it is that you were just doing. Yeah. And that's good. It it doesn't waste my time and I don't feel punished, you know, for, for that. And that's not the experience that you necessarily want from that game. Uh, s- similar principle applies to autosave as well. So that right. if, you, if you get a power cut, you're not screwed, you yeah. know, because you didn't save it to your memory card in time manually. Unless the power cuts while the game is auto-saving, in which case... Oh, in which case it's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's it. Um, In terms of new stuff, New Game Plus is not Mm -hmm. a new concept, but a lot of games are adopting them now. A lot of games, especially first-party Sony games, have been patching them in. God of War, uh, I think Horizon Zero Dawn was patched in as well. Uh, So there's... there's, uh, Maybe Ghost of Tsushima was also a late edition too. So people love their new game plus, they want to play it again, but with the stuff that they've spent their first playthrough collecting, that's a standard I would like to continue. That's nice. Cross-play, you get looked at funny if your game's not cross-play compatible anymore, if it's yeah, on multiple systems. That's right. So that's probably something that will continue. Photo um, mode is a big one, I Photo think. mode is another one. Yeah, that's great. It's already becoming more and more common. Like I think once upon a time, it, it was very much a case of, oh, wow, this game's got photo mode. That's great. It's you know one of the... One of the few games that's added it in, and now it's more the case of like photo mode confirmed for this game as mm-hmm. it should be, sort of thing. Like, oh yeah, good, yeah. okay, great. Or is a, a big 2.0 patch or whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're adding a new game plus and photo mode and stuff. That's great. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's good to see. And uh, perhaps more in line with the previous big discussion that we've had about where we see games like games consoles and games playing being in like 20, 30 years or something mm. um, about sort of seasonal updates and features being added and they're sort of expansion like like you know the, the Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War and the Warzone and stuff the seasons and so on where big content patches are added to games because naturally we live in the in the internet age and yeah. games have existed throughout the internet not existing and also being in its fledgling uh, years where not everyone had access to it and so as the internet continues to improve and live service games continue to dominate everything it is nice that games that you pay for or that you even you don't pay for that are free to play like uh, like I keep forgetting the blooming name of it every time I try to say it uh, God Warzone. Warzone Warzone yes we'll, we'll keep giving you content for free Mm. Uh, and you can expect it every so often because they want to keep that player base engaged I imagine that will be a new standard that's coming forwards it's not the same as control standards but in terms of what we can come to expect from a game very rarely now do companies release a game I think the most recent example I can think of is perhaps The Last of Us Part 2 where they're like that's it, that's the game It's, 
it's done now. Yeah, they won't we'll continue be to adding patch to that, it, I don't think. Yeah, to stabilize it and bug fix and stuff. But like that's that's what you're getting. That is the game. That's uncommon now. And I'm mm. not saying that that's a bad thing. I think The Last of Us 2, as we've discussed, is excellent and doesn't need anything else on it. But more often than not, most games coming out will have some kind of content plan uh, for additional content to keep that player base engaged and sticking yeah. around. Talking of that game, I would there's various things that I I like in recent games that I would like to see become new trends. That at the moment there's there's no telling whether they will catch on or won't, but I, I'd like to think they will. For example, um, enemies with names and identities, even though they look like sort of fodder thug, cookie cutter characters, mm. or seem seem that they will be, and it turns out that they're not because everyone goes, "Huh? Anyone seen Liam?" Liam? Leo. Leo. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, that, that worked so well. That was fantastic. And I know part of that was kind of to do with the uh, the second half of the game, kind of linking in with, oh, these are people and they've got names and stuff. But I think, you know, it would work well in any game, whether or not there's this kind of morality issue mm-hmm. um, as part of the story. Um, and then on the, on the other hand, there's uh, things that I hope don't catch on in a completely uniform way like for example i would like to think that not every racing game not that i play that many but they're not all going to turn into open world um open world racing games you know there's it's become quite trendy recently to have it so that your driving game has this big open overworld and then you drive around and find like events and stuff mm-hmm. um and you know that works super well in in most cases i'm not saying uh, at all that like that's not a good thing a lot of people absolutely swear by that now but at the same time you know there's something to be said for more arcadey style stuff and you know i i would hate to think that any new trend that catches on or is catching on or has caught on now uh would completely overwrite um historical trends that actually still work well today you know lives don't work very well today and i don't mind if lives go away forever but arcade racing games with just menus where you scroll through tracks and pick cars nothing wrong with that like why not continue to do that yeah so just similar principle for the lego games as well Mm. Um, a lot of people love those i think the last big one i played was lego just marvel's lego avengers yeah or maybe it was just lego marvel superheroes um and and that was just in a big open sandbox where you would run around and find things to do and mission and i'm sure that's for a child that must be incredible yeah and i'm sure there's a lot of people who love that but for me i just i yearned for the simplicity of the lego star wars (laughs) Yeah. menu where you're in the cantina and that's it and you just mm-hmm. go to the levels just play through levels and i think you'd believe it's less content for you and less less value for money but i don't think i would argue that having to run across a lego city to get to the next mission doesn't doesn't mean that i'm getting value for money necessarily it just means it's taking me longer to, to get to the thing i want yeah i guess so um i think the new star wars game they've definitely spoken about large open areas Mm. um and of course we know for a fact that that game must include um isolated levels where you're playing through events of the films because that's what it is it's just a they're essentially retreading what they've already done but Mm. they've kind of redone it from the ground up so there will be it will be based on individual levels from films i'm sure but there is talk of like 
open areas. So I don't know if it's a bit of a combination, like a sort of quite large open world hub world, but then you go to a certain area and that acts as a warp room with like maybe, you know, five levels inside it to represent each film or something. So mm-hmm. hopefully it won't be too far one way or the other, that game. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Fingers crossed. Yeah. But lots of stuff. Mm. Lots yeah. of stuff that could uh, set the trend for the future. I think we're in a pretty good place, though. Yeah, currently. Yeah, I so I, I don't think there's too much that needs to go away. But we will see, as mm. always. And make sure you let us know what you've thought of the things we've discussed today. And yeah. you can do that by visiting various places. Peter's going to tell you all about them right now. You can go to youtube.com slash team triple jump and twitch.tv slash team triple jump where we do live streams on both channels and uh, of course we put videos out on the YouTubes. Uh, Remember if you've got Amazon Prime you might not know that you can actually get a free Twitch sub with that. It won't cost you anything extra. It's just one of the benefits. Um, and but we benefit from it as usual as though you've played the moolah played paid the moolah um, so consider giving us your uh, Amazon Prime sub for all the usual benefits mm. uh, no extra cost when you uh, when we're streaming we are modded by Lob Rotovich, Mazdadactyl and Trowling Badger on both YouTube and Twitch thank you mods We've got social medias on twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump Luke Eldon looks after Facebook thank you Luke. Um, we've got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Remember, that's how you can ask questions for this podcast and do other things too, like get worse games ever early and uh, and so on. Uh, we've got a Discord, bit.ly forward slash team triple jump. We'll send you there. That's modded by Jack and Joe. Thank you to those mods too. The podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, is available in audio form at play.acast.com forward slash s forward slash triple jump and all the usual places you can get podcasts as well. Uh, the website is triplej.mup. That's triplej.mp. Uh, but we've got a brand new shop. Don't use the old one. Go to triplejumpshop.com now for uh, new drops of merch as and when. Um, there's still stuff available there right now from the first drop. Some of them are not limited numbers, so go check it out. Um, and there will be new drops in future. Follow at Triple Jump Shop on Twitter if you want to be the first to know what's coming and when. Uh, and finally, uh, all the live stream VODs are available at triplej.mup forward slash VODs. And uh, Pat is over there on our uh, VODs YouTube channel editing weekly highlights of our live streams. And they're very good. Thank you, mm. Pat. They are indeed. Uh, you can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin. Myself just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday and Thursday, streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream, Blaze It on YouTube. Monday and Friday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst games ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday. We do shows every other week or thereabouts. Please leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with Al Gore's rhythms. This week on the channel, Peter, there's a worst games ever. That's right. Yeah, it's a good one. It's the precursor. They're all good. It's a bad game, but it's a good one. Mm -hmm. The precursor to Zelda Breath of the Wild. So make sure you come and check that out. 2006 beat it by like a decade yeah so make sure you come check that out there's also uh, another launch games video this time all about the nintendo 64 so go give that a watch worst games ever i should clarify will be out for everyone on sunday and Mm. friday for patrons of a certain tier now before we go peter once again 
hit me with that sponsor. Hey, do you have a gun for a hand or two? Um, yes. And are you sort of worrying about how after you've done your guns for hands adventure where you save the world, how you're going to sort of bring yourself back into society, perhaps get a job and a spouse or dog or uh, friend? Mm-hmm. Well, don't worry. You can contact Final Fantasy VII Integrate to help you Final Fantasy VII Integrate into society. Um it's a lovely charity. Don't know how they can afford to pay us because they're a charity. I don't know how yeah, that works. Yeah, they don't have any but... income. So. No. Um, but I suppose if they've got a phone, then they can afford to pay <laughs> us to to sure. shout about them. Um, yeah. yeah. So what a lovely charity. Go. What a lovely charity. Go and support mm. it. And also yeah. do go and support charities in general. Real ones. Real ones. Yeah. Not that one. Okay. We will see you all next time. Take care, everyone. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.